Hi, everyone. You are listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast celebrating 70 years of the UAB School of Nursing. Uh, my name is Erica Tecco, and I'm a marketing specialist with the UAB School of Nursing. And I am Pat Thompson. I'm a 1971 master's graduate from UAB, and I am currently the retired CEO of Sigma Theta Tau International. All right, so to get started in our conversation today, I'd love to just hear a little background. Um, What was your journey into nursing? Was there a moment where you realized you really wanted to enter nursing as a career, or how did life take you down that path? Actually, I always wanted to be a nurse, but there was no real aha moment, which a lot of people tend to have. I knew I wanted to help people, and I was interested in science, but it just was a passion and something I knew that I was interested in. Neither of my parents were college graduates, but the importance of education was always emphasized as I was growing up, and it was pretty much an expectation that after high school you would go to college, and that's how my journey in nursing began. I'm a baccalaureate graduate from Northwestern State University in Louisiana, I was fortunate in that I had many strong mentors as a student, as well as throughout my career, which I believe made a tremendous difference in me being able to accomplish the things I have across my professional time. And when I was in my baccalaureate program, I actually had a faculty member who encouraged me to consider getting my master's degree And she also mentioned that she thought I would really be a good faculty member. And she saw me as a teacher. And after careful thought and consideration, because at that point, I really had never thought about being a faculty member. I was always going to graduate and get a job and, you know, buy a car and do those kinds of things. But I did, with that seed that was planted by this mentor, decided that was the route I was interested in. So I went straight from my undergraduate program to UAB into the master's program. My clinical focus was pediatrics with a minor in teaching, and then I moved on to a first faculty position at Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. As I taught, I realized that I really loved teaching and wanted to continue along that track. And at the same time, I adopted my oldest daughter as a single parent when she was three. So I knew that in order to support my family, I needed to continue my education. So I enrolled in a doctoral program at the University of North Texas and was successful there, continued teaching. As I moved through my academic career, I became very interested in academic administration which actually was the focus of my doctorate. So eventually, I moved from faculty positions to administrative positions. During my career, I became involved in Sigma at a chapter level as well as a regional level, and eventually served on the International Board of Directors from 1999 to 2001. And then in 2007, I moved from my academic administrative career into CEO of Sigma, where I was in a very different administration, administrative position where I served for 10 years, but one that I truly enjoyed. And I am currently very happy in retirement and spending a lot of time 
with my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. That's awesome. I love to hear the background of kind of how people got to where they got to. And I'd love to touch a little more on your experience with Sigma. Um, Were there any particular steps that led you to Sigma as an organization? And what led you to be so passionate that you wanted to be CEO and wanted to help lead that organization? I actually was inducted into Sigma during my master's program at UAB uh, in New Chapter, which I'm very proud of and have stayed closely involved with. I think across my career, even beginning as a student, I've always really believed that being involved with professional organizations is the responsibility of every nurse. And it's really important that we work together to move the profession forward and support the help of everyone. And our professions and professional associations help us do that. I attended my first Sigma convention in the 1980s, was sent by my chapter. And I was very impressed with the programs, the nurse leaders that were attending. And I think most of all, the fact that as a very young nurse, I was treated as a colleague, a member of Sigma. And then the fact that Sigma was also becoming a global organization was very important to me. So those pieces helped focus my passion towards Sigma. And as I continued to be involved, I realized how much Sigma actually lives its mission and vision. With the mission of developing nurse leaders anywhere to improve healthcare everywhere, that's lofty, but Sigma's actually doing that. And then a vision, which is very important, to be connected, empowered nurse leaders, which we all need to be, connected, empowered nurse leaders, transforming global healthcare. So that mission and vision really resonated with me, and I saw it being lived out through the association with the members and chapters and leaders, and that helped engage me and and keep me involved over time. What was the expansion process like, and what was it like to be involved in Sigma both before, during, and after it started reaching these international chapters as well? Well, it it has been a very um, interesting as well as rewarding process, I think. Um, As you may know, Sigma started as U.S.-based membership association with this focus on excellence in nursing back in 1922. And one thing that I think is really significant is that six nursing students founded the association. It wasn't clinicians. It wasn't faculty members. It, It was really these nursing students with this idea And we've grown to over 135,000 members that live in over 100 countries. It was back in the 1980s when the word international was actually added to the name. And at that point, we added chapters in North Korea, Taiwan, and Canada. So those were our first chapters outside of North America. And that was a beginning step, but truly the beginning of a very long process to move towards being global. And the board and the organization continue to look at and develop strategic planning around how can we 
become more intentionally global. It needed to be planned and move forward in a very strategic way. And there were a lot of things that occurred over time in which were obviously included in this process. But a few of the ones that come to mind was, first of all, being technology enabled uh, to be able to connect with people around the world, really needing to address cultural and language issues, recognizing different practice and educational models in countries across the globe, and also finding a way to address some of the differences in income levels from country to country, from developing countries to those countries that are still developing. So Sigma ended up using the World Bank income classifications and we've also worked hard in established global regions. So each of those pieces, plus so many other things, had to be thought through and really worked on in a very thorough kind of a process to get where we are today, even though we obviously continue to grow and change across time and always focus on being intentionally global. In your experience, why do you think Sigma's global reach is, why do you think that's important to nursing and how do you think nursing and individuals have benefited from that reach? I think that one of the pieces that is unique about Sigma, because a lot of organizations do parts and pieces and, and all professional organizations are very important and are making a huge difference, but for Sigma specifically, I think the reach is important because Sigma is the only non-specialty organization that provides opportunities, I would say, for individual members to network and collaborate with nurses around the world. This provides a foundation for developing, I think, partnerships for practice and education and scholarships. There aren't any barriers for this member-to-member -member contact. So that piece, I believe, is very important. And I think the other thing is, as a global member-based organization, another thing unique about Sigma is membership includes nurses across all roles, whether you're a practitioner, an entrepreneur, a researcher, whatever your role may be, as well as your specialty, whether it's pediatrics like mine or critical care or administration, et cetera, our members include all of those folks, nurses across all roles and specialties, so that that enriches your ability to make connections, I think. And then obviously the, the foundation for Sigma is a focus on developing leaders and scholars. And if we can develop and get more leaders and scholars in countries globally, they will be able to work together to move nursing forward, not only within their countries, but hopefully across regions in the world. And through working with Sigma, have there been any specific stories that you'd like to share? Any doors that were opened or any collaborative opportunities that you've gotten to experience that you'd like to share? There are probably hundreds of them. Let me see if I can pull a few that might be of um, interest. I think that this idea to connect easily 
uh, with members globally. I'll give you one example. I was working with some members in Australia, and we were talking about collaboration and partnerships. And one of the nurses at that meeting said that Sigma had made a huge difference for her in her uh, research program. But she was collecting data across countries and needed to go to California to a specific kind of clinical agency to be able to collect some of her data. And she, of course, didn't know anybody in California or what would be the appropriate process, if you will, for getting access and trying to continue her research in that area. So as a Sigma member, she went on the web page and located the chapter in California, the city where she was interested in coming. And she looked up who the officers were of that chapter, and she just reached out by email and said, you know, I'm a Sigma member too. I am coming to California. I need to do these things. Do you have any ideas or suggestions? And the chapter not only got her access into the kind of clinical facility she was interested in so she could continue her data collection, but one of the members offered for her to stay at their house. Their, you know, kids have grown and gone. They had a lot of room, and they also provided transportation, different members for her to get to different places she needed to go. So just that kind of a connection and nurses who are Sigma members being willing to go above and beyond and, and do what they can to help and support each other. But I've had the opportunity in my roles at the international level to attend so many global meetings, if you will, some with Sigma members, other with partner and other organizations. And as we are in those meetings with nurses across all countries around the globe, the idea to listen, to share, to be able to collaborate, um, and to learn from each other. I think often those of us in North America in particular, we tend to think what we're doing is great and wonderful, and sometimes we tend to think we know what's best for everybody. But as you get into these meetings and listen, there is so much that we learn from nurses across the globe in what they're doing and how they're doing it, from practice to healthcare reform to other situations. And then focusing a little bit more on the new chapter itself, um, what has it be, been like to see kind of your home chapter continue through these changes and continue to reach more and more nurses? Uh, I could not be more proud of uh, being a member of the new chapter and alum of UAB because as you probably know, that collaboration and connection between the university and the chapter is essential for success. And the leadership, both with the university and the School of Nursing, as well as in the chapter, and how they uh, collaborate and work together makes a big difference. And what has gone on and what continues to go on uh, at UAB and with new chapter is just absolutely amazing. New chapter was actually chartered back in 1958. So as a chapter comes on board, Sigma gives it a number in order of when you were chartered. 
1958, new chapter became the 12th chapter in Sigma Theta Tau International. Today, we have over 540 chapters representing 700 universities across the globe. So not only is New Chapter doing great things now, they have a sustained uh, presence and a demonstrated excellence across time of all their many endeavors. The School of Nursing and the chapter have done tremendous things and from having visited often, including last fall, the potential of what is yet to come and hearing some of the plans for as they move forward, I know this will continue. And I want to shift a little bit more towards how your degrees have prepared you for your role at Sigma and the role that the UAB School of Nursing might have played in that. Um, what was it like to see nursing from the perspective of a baccalaureate prepared nurse and then to continue to have those mentors who encourage you to get more degrees and to continue your education? I want to first address talking about UAB and the School of Nursing and, and my master's education. I want to go back to the beginning and first address how flexible UAB was in providing the opportunity even for me to be admitted to the master's program so that I could obtain the degree and continue my career journey. Instead of putting up barriers, which back during that time some institutions were doing, UAB worked with me as well as others like me with a philosophy of what I call appropriate support to increase the numbers of masters prepared nursing nurses. When I applied to UAB for my master's program, I was a senior in my baccalaureate program. So if accepted, I'd be entering with limited clinical experience. And this was not the accepted model at the time at all. I was also not a great standardized testing taker. So I didn't quite make the cutoff for the GRE scores, which were required at the time. But UAB admitted me conditionally based on my first quarter grades being appropriate, which fortunately they were. So I was able to complete the program, the master's, at age 23 as a full-time student with financial support from federal grant funding that UAB made possible for me. And I have always been so very grateful because if they hadn't taken those chances, been flexible, um, I may not have been able to continue my journey and accomplished what I have done. The quality education and the mentoring that I received from UAB has been absolutely key in providing a foundation for my career. It helped me to develop confidence and knowledge and skills that helped me continue to grow professionally over time, including my leadership with Sigma. Again, I had many additional um, mentors and other kinds of um, support as I moved forward, but that first graduate education and the support I got really made a difference in developing me to move forward and be able to take some of the risk and accomplish what I have over time. It's so interesting to just hear how 
the school opening its arms to students like that can make such an impact on nursing and the profession just by changing one individual's life. It, it really did in my case because I, I had checked with some other programs and like I said, the model at that time was you needed to have completed your baccalaureate degree and worked a minimum of a year and they wanted you to work longer than that before they wanted you in the program. But again, back to mentors, that mentor that I had in my baccalaureate program who was encouraging me to move forward, she's the one who said to me, she said, look, everybody is going to tell you that you can't move from a baccalaureate to a master's degree, that you have to go back and get some work experience. She said, I did that, and it took me over 20 years to ever get back to getting my master's degree. And she said, there's no other profession out there that doesn't move from baccalaureate to master's degree. And there's other ways to get that clinical experience during your master's program. And so you need to, while you are young and have the time and energy, just move straight forward and do that. And so, you know, I, I listened to her and I tried and UAB was willing to take that risk. And fortunately, it worked out for both of us. Um, and so during your time as a faculty member, what was it, what were some of the tips that you gave to students? Absolutely. Like I mentioned, so many of us in nursing have been blessed to have so many mentors across time. And so I truly work hard at giving back and being a mentor at any time the opportunity presents itself. And I think some of the things that are important, one is getting that education and it's absolutely critical. The other thing I do is they're looking at getting their education and deciding, you know, what their master's focus might be or what kind of doctoral education or focus they might want to take. I always start out saying, in the ideal world, what would be the thing you most want to be doing in five years? I mean, you can pick any time frame, but it needs to be at least five years out for them to kind of think beyond the immediate time. And based on what their eventual goals are, that makes a difference on the type of education and the kinds of experiences they need to be getting in order to accomplish that goal. Because in addition to education, I also do a lot of mentoring around how important I believe professional association involvement is. Many of my leadership skills and my ability to relate well with people uh, in all kinds of situations came from my work with professional associations. As one of my final questions today, I, how do you see this UAB School of Nursing working to advance the nursing profession and what do you kind of see its role as, um, as nursing moves forward? I think that um, UAB has in the past and will continue to play a key role in advancing the profession. Uh, they have strong leadership and faculty who are very innovative and, and on the forefront, I think, of what's happening in education and research and scholarship for the profession. And the nursing program as you said, and, and I've seen, develops very strong strategic partnerships and also has a very strong focus on service and community involvement. 
which is very, very critical. The School of Nursing also is very adept at adapting, at looking at and doing environmental scanning and beginning to project what we need for future and how to best meet those needs. So those are all important pieces and components that I see present within the uh, leadership and faculty at the School of Nursing. One question I've been asking all of our guests as we wrap up is, if there's a nursing student listening to this podcast right now, what advice um, do you want to leave them with? I think the thing that is important for all nursing students, as well as new graduates, to know and understand is that you are a nurse leader. I think as students, we don't know and understand that. And we believe that leaders are people that have position titles, but leadership is not a position title. Leadership is a skill set that you develop where you are. We have leaders at the bedside, leaders wherever you happen to be working. And as a student, and particularly as a baccalaureate graduate, you have that skill set. And to be that leader, you must first recognize that potential in yourself and identify mentors, recognize the abilities you have, the potential you have, and be brave enough to move forward and, um, and use that to make a difference for nursing and for yourself personally and professionally. Well, I think that's a great note to wrap up on. Uh, Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. You're most welcome. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast celebrating 70 years of the UAB School of Nursing. Want more from the UAB School of Nursing? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UABSON or on Facebook at UAB School of Nursing. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.